verse 7 through 10. Hallelujah. I'm going to deacons hurry up and get back. I want everybody in on this. Deuteronomy 8, verse 7 through 10. Y'all have it? Yes, sir. All right. Let's read together. Ready? Read. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Oh, man. So he said, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, verse 9, in which you will lack nothing. Lack nothing. This is what God just took care of today. This is what he just took care of. To make sure you and I lack nothing. Now watch what he said. Verse 10, when you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Glory to God. We're talking today on this subject, lacking nothing. It's part two, lacking nothing, part two. Let's declare the word over this word today. You ready? Let's go. I will come to visions and revelations of who you are. Pour your spirit upon me and make known your words unto me. Make me to understand the ways of your precepts. So shall I talk of your wondrous works. Open up my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your word. The eyes of my understanding being enlightened. That I may know what is the hope of your calling. Show me, Father God, great and mighty things that I know not of. In Jesus' name, amen. You may take your seats today. Lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now y'all continue praying with me. I've already prayed over this word extensively. And believe God for an easy flow. And for you to easily receive. For eyes to see, ears to hear. Hearts to perceive what God wants to say to us. And I pray that you all are praying with me for revelation to flow. I'd ask God, I said, God, today I want an impartation for your people. I figured it would come after the word, but he sent it before the word. So, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, I said this Wednesday, I want to uh, go back over this a little bit here. Listen to this, this statement here. To accept lack in any area of your life is a disgrace to and demonstrates a blatant disregard for the blood of Jesus. For the sacrificial work of Jesus. To accept or agree with lack in any area of your life is a dishonor, disrespectful. It is a blatant disregard for the blood of Jesus and the sacrificial death on the cross. Okay? He went through all that 
for us. Uh, Romans 8.32 in the voice translation says this. In the voice translation it says, If God did not spare his own son, but handed him over on our account, then don't you think that he will graciously give us all things with him? That's the voice translation. Don't you think he will graciously give us all things with him? Do y'all have that back there in the media? I need y'all to keep up. He will graciously, he says, if he did not spare his own son, but handed him over on our account. Handed him over on our account. Means what God did for us through Jesus was not on his account, for Jesus' account, but on our account. He had no lack. God has no lack to this day. God is full of abundance. He has riches in glory, the Bible says. And so it was for our account, and it says... So if he did that, then don't you think, I like the way the voice puts it, don't you think that he will graciously give us all things with him? I want to answer that for you. Yes, he will. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 in the Passion Translation. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. We saw this Wednesday night from the Passion Translation. You know it, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, about him becoming poor. Look at this. It says, for you have experienced... The extravagant grace. Everybody say extravagant. He says that although he was infinitely rich, he impoverished himself for, there it is again, for our sake. Jesus became poor on the cross for our sake so that by his poverty, we could become what? Say it again. Everybody say it again. All right, so he became poor. He was infinitely rich. You know, infinite means there's no end to it, no, no bottom. Infinitely rich, that's how he is now, but he became poor through Calvary so that you and I could become rich beyond measure. Now, rich, rich beyond measure, that means we become infinitely rich. Got it? So you and I uh, have unlimited resources available to us. Now, some of y'all, you counting, you looking at your checking up checkbook. I'm not talking about your checkbook. I'm talking about when you and I are connected to God, we have unlimited resources. Okay, let me help you. Jesus, one day in John chapter 6, he's there. He's teaching the people. They've been out there in a deserted place for three days. He's preaching the gospel to them for three days. They're tired. They're worn out. Now they're hungry. They've, they've used up all their little, their little snackables, you know, little lunchables they have. And so they're out of food. And so he tells the disciples, he says, disciples, hey, y'all feed them. And they said, feed them. They said, we don't have enough. All we have is little, this little six penny worth. That, he said, that ain't enough to buy bread for everybody here and for, even for a handful of them to eat. Now, the Bible says he said this knowing in himself what he was going to do. That means in, in their treasury at the moment, they didn't have enough to feed 5,000 men plus women and children. So he said, well, let's see what you got. They brought a little boy's lunch, two fish, five loaves of bread. This is a real story now. Don't, this ain't a fairy tale. Brought boys two fish, five loaves of bread. He took it, blessed it, broke it. He, he, gave, he said, gave thanks to God. And the Bible says that everything began to multiply. He divided among them all and they all ate. 
what, what happened? He tapped into his unlimited resources. If you and I will learn this, ladies and gentlemen, you and I will not live by what's in our account. We will not live by what, what's coming on our check next week. We have unlimited resources. What did I say? Unlimited. Say, I have, I have unlimited resources. What it literally means is you and I can never run out if we stay connected to God, if we receive what he has for us. Right? Now, extravagant grace. Everybody say extravagant grace. Remember we looked at that word, what extravagant means? Exceeding the limits of reason or necessity. Lacking in moderation. Balance and restraint. This is the grace that's been put on you, Pauline. She ain't like it. This is the grace I'm putting on you, Deacon Mike. I'll find somebody who will. It's on you. I'm not talking about no little old bit of you can, you know, go get your double cheeseburger one day. It's my dad. Talking about extravagant grace. You can, you can upsize for the first time in your life. I ain't talking about that. Come on, sir. Come on. You see how Matthew dressed? I see that. That's extravagant. That's extravagant. That's right. Come on, sir. Exceeding the limits of necessity, Matthew. Lacking in moderation. See? I'm going to show y'all something today if y'all hang with me. Balance and restraint. Extremely or excessively elaborate. Extremely or excessively. Did y'all do your homework yesterday? I did Extremely. This is, this is what he said. Y'all looking at me? You ain't got time to be on your cell phone looking at Facebook. You got to be looking at what I'm saying here. He says, extremely or unreasonably high in price. This is what he put on you. Now y'all gotta catch this. This is what he died for. Okay, let me, let me help some people. Go back to 2 Corinthians 8 9 and just put it in the regular New King James. I wanna put it in plain English so y'all understand what I'm telling you. Okay? Says, for you know the grace of our Lord. This, this is what the scripture we're working on here. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. So I want you to understand, we're talking about why he did what he did. You better preach. Why he did what he did. Now, I, I mean, I understand, he, he, the Bible talks about 2 Peter 2.24, he, he, by his stripes we were healed. So he, he, he covered all your sickness and disease. He covered bladder cancer. He covered prostate cancer. He covered thyroid cancer. He covered lung cancer. But I used to smoke. He covered lung cancer. I used to drink. He covers uh, cirrhosis of the liver. He covered it all. It don't make a difference to God if you smoke 12 packs of cigarettes every day and you got your lungs black as tar. If you just believe God, he'll heal it and make it white as snow. Yeah. 
His death was too big to cover just a, snow, a little cold and a sniffle. Now, it, include, it includes colds and sniffles. That's what he keeps trying to remind me. I keep taking too long to pray about it. <laughs> you understand? It'd be a day and a half. I'm like, dog. Just pray about this. Now, I don't take medicine. I'm, all, I'm over medicine. I don't take any medicine of any sort. I don't take any kind of pills, nothing of any sort. Haven't done that in many, many years. Haven't, don't touch it. I don't touch it. I don't put anything foreign in my body except processed food. And I'm trying to cut that out. <laughs> I'm working on that. Okay. All right, so he covered all, this, all these things here for us. So he became poor. This is on the cross so you and I could be rich. Be, become rich. 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 It's not a dirty word. If it were, God wouldn't put it in the Bible a thousand times in the word. And Jesus Christ certainly would have done it so you could become it if it was dirty. Is this plain English to you? So he didn't die, he didn't become poor so you can you and I could have a job. I didn't tell anybody to quit a job. This is, jobs are good. But I'm talking about that ain't that ain't the end all. It's way beyond that. Not for you to just be better than often your cousin who's still back in the projects. That ain't what he's talking about. He's talking about so you can become rich. Rich, rich literally means just, it just literally means abundantly supplied. Can y'all handle that? Rich means abundantly supplied. <laughs> that means I'm already rich. Now, I'm not talking about faith. I'm not talking about faith. I'm talking about for real. Hit my wife and I shouted once she realized this couple. Now, we, we've been saying we rich for a long time. Long back, we have a dime or nothing. We ain't nothing. Nothing. But we were confessing because this is what the word said. But now, if I said, I'm not saying about faith. <laughs> Understand? Why? Well, you don't owe nobody anything. So extravagant, so that means if the extravagant grace is on you, then you're not moved by things that are extremely or unreasonably high in price. Everybody in, everybody in town fighting for low-income housing. And I, I understand there ought to be low-income housing because some people don't know what you know. But you fight for it for them. Don't fight for it for you. I'm about to go in the back because in the front ain't going. Oh, y'all want it? Okay. I said, don't fight for it for you. Fight for low-income housing for them. Because they don't know what you know. And the low-income housing is just to, you ever heard this phrase, tied them over? Y'all ever use that phrase, tied them? You know, if you, you we going to, going to eat lunch today, or we call dinner, Sunday dinner, and you, know, you go to the house and they say, it ain't going to be ready till about 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock, You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
I need something to tie me over. Stop by Puddles, give me some chicken wings or something, right, Deacon Tyrone? Something to tie me over. That's what, that's what any welfare ought to be. Welfare is supposed to just tide you over. Food stamps ought to just tide you over. AFDC ought to just tide you over. If you on HUD, if you on, on WIC, ought to just tide you over. Long-term housing just to tide you over. Your paycheck from your job just to tide you over. That's all it is. Till you come into your wealthy place. I said till you come into your wealthy place. Just to tide you over. Glory to God. That, that's, that's why you go to a restaurant, they offer you appetizers. Just to tide you over. Some of them now, they, they don't, before they offer that, they're going to bring you out some hot bread. Y'all ever go to a place that had a hot fresh? You ever go to a place that had them hot yeast rolls? Now, when you when you trying to take care of your temple, you like, ooh. Hot yeast rolls, cinnamon butter. bind you Satan in the name of Jesus you foul spirit get out of my table Jesus right what's the point of it just to tide you over glory to God so whatever you living on now I said whatever you living on now has been just to tide you over until you come into your wealthy place he became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. Oh, I'm going to read with something here in a little bit, boy. Y'all going to see this. You're going to like, oh, my God. If, you, if we can make it, we're going to try to make it. We're going to make it. Uh, before all the Baptists, the Baptists that poor folks now, uh, we're going to try to beat it there before all the coaches get there. Praise the Lord. All right, now listen to this. There should be no lack in any area of our lives whatsoever. There should be no lack in any area of my life whatsoever. Say it with me. There should be no lack in any area of my life whatsoever. That means not physically. A sickness is a lack. It's a lack. It's a, it's, it's, I'm deficient in something. You got me? Yes, sir. I got Thank you. Okay. Oh, I thought you was fixing my pocket. I am. You fixing your pocket. <laughs> you fixing his pocket. All right. In any area. My marriage. If my marriage is on the rocks, it's because we're deficient in love, in peace, in care, in submission. Right? Children act, act in a fool. There's a lack of respect, a lack of honor. Any problem in your life is lack. You got it? Now, Shantae, today we're talking about money, though. Okay, do the, uh, sorry, Psalm 34. Verse 8 through 10, I believe we read this on Wednesday night. Let's look at this again real quick. Media, help me out just for sake of time. I'm going to try not to go turn myself. They can get on the screen for us. Psalm 34, 
verse 8 through 10, says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, you ever eaten somewhere? You got one of Popeye's chicken sandwiches y'all talking about? Oh, no, you can't. You didn't? Okay. Nobody? All right. You ain't found one. Okay. Go back to the East, Go back to Chick-fil-A. They old steady. That's what you get trying to tip out on, on your girlfriend. Go, go back. Go back to Chick-fil-A. You know they always have something in the stock. So taste and see that the Lord is what? Good. He's what? Good. Blessed is the man, empowered to prosper is the man who trusts in him. Verse 9, please. Verse 9. Offer the Lord you his saints. There is no what? That word want literally means lack. You look it up in your, if you're, you have a good Bible, it'll be written in your margin. It'll, the word lack, you know how you have a good Bible? It'll have the word lack noted on the word want. There is no lack to those who fear him. There is no lack to those who fear him. There is no lack to those who fear him. So if I fear or reverence or honor God, then I should not have lack in my body, lack in my marriage, lack in my family, lack in my finances, lack with my children, lack in my job, lack in the spirit. I should have no spiritual lack. I should always be hot and connected with God. Glory to God. If you're feeling spiritually weak, it's a lack of fellowship. That's all it is. You can fix it. You know, do you know you're as close to God as you want to be? No, I want to be closer. No, no, no. You are as close to God as you want to be. Your Bible says, God says, draw nine to me, I'll draw nine to you. So the closer you draw, the closer he draws. So that means you're always as close to God as you actually want to be. I'm going to look for somebody over here and grab it. You're always as close to God as you want to be. I want to be closer. Just draw that. Okay? Verse 10, please. Verse 10. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack. Come on. So I shall not lack any good thing. How many of y'all fear the Lord? How many of you seek the Lord? Okay, then we shall lack, not lack any good thing. Any good thing. Not just anything, any good thing. There's a difference between good things and bad things. I gave you the definition of bad things, the Hebrew word raw, which means uh, low quality or ugly. I don't want low quality and ugly stuff. God says good things. He that finds a wife finds a good some of y'all single man, boy, should have been. Oh. I'm looking at you. Come on now, you're smiling, but boy, I'm telling you. Now, Lord, your word said I won't lack any good thing. He that finds a wife finds a good thing. So thank you for my wife. I receive my wife. She's going to be good quality and pretty. Well, what if she ain't cute? That ain't what God said. She's going to be good. But what if she can't cook? If she can't cook, her mama can. I'm just I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. <laughs> Praise the Lord.
All right, go back to Deuteronomy, please. Deuteronomy 8. Glory to God. A mama will teach her. Deuteronomy 8 and verse uh, 7 through 10. Let's go back to this here. I want you to see where you're going. I want you to see if you stick with God. Where you're headed. Man, I don't know how to convey this strong enough to you. That you, if you just stick with God, don't turn to the right, to the left. Don't, don't teeter-totter. Don't be wishy-washy. Don't be double-minded. Just stick with God. Just be obedient, disciplined, and diligent. Spiritual dad wrote a book on it called Odd. A little small book. I, I, I advise you to order it. Odd. Be obedient, be disciplined, and be diligent. To God. Whatever he says, you do it. Whatever he says, do it. My God. That's what happens when you, when you fear the Lord, when you seek the Lord. It's, I'm, I'm Lord, whatever you say. Get up at three. Okay. Go to bed now, okay. You follow what I'm saying? Sow that seed now, okay. Buy that shoe now, okay. I'm just telling you, it's God. You gotta be, you gotta be listening to God. Obedient, disciplined, and diligent. All right, now here's where we're going. Tell your neighbor, here's where you're going. We've been stopped over for a while. We've been at the airport laying over. Glory to God. If you were to fly to Africa from here, many times they'll stop you through London. Well, London's not where you're trying to go. Remember, I flew to Africa. I went, we, we flew into uh, South Africa. South Africa wasn't our destination. We never even left the airport. Never left the airport. You been to South Africa? Yeah, I've been there, been there, just never left the airport. Is it beautiful? I have no clue. I've never, just never left the airport. Because that was my destination. Abraham got stuck in Haran, but that wasn't his destination. His father got stuck there, his brother got stuck there, and they died. Someplace where they weren't supposed to be. The Bible says, um, oh man, that with many of the, of the children of Israel, God was not well pleased. Why? For they were overthrown in the wilderness. They got stuck somewhere that was supposed to be a layover. So my intent right here is to make sure you understand you are not where you're supposed to be yet, but you're on your way. Been some trials, Chris. Some tribulations, been some tough times, but don't get stuck there. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land currently. Tell you, maybe you're not there yet. He is bringing you into a good land. <laughs> a land. 
of Brooke, it's all kind of stuff running through my mind, I'll say, but I'm just. They, you know, they courting and all that stuff. <laughs> a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills. Now, what's the point of him bringing about all this uh, about vine, barley, wheat? Hold on, go back, go back, go back. What, what I t I'm sorry. Did I change the verse? Seven. Go back to seven. Yeah, okay, thank you. Uh, good land, brooks of water, fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills. The whole point of that was, he said, the land I'm taking you, where you came from, you had to water everything by hand. You had to work and toil to make everything happen. You had to struggle to make everything grow. He said, but where I'm taking you, all the struggle is going to be taken away. All the toil is going to be taken away. All the hard work is going to be taken away. You're not going to prosper by hard work. You're going to prosper by receiving because I'm going to send the rain from heaven. Oh, boy. He said, this, so this is what I'm telling you, where, it's, where irrigation is plenty. Flow out of valleys and hills. Now go to verse 8. Now go to verse 8. A land of wheat and barley. Yeah, because they got all that water now. You ever heard, read in, in your history books or, or your study of geography or uh, world geography something called the Fertile Crescent? Yeah. Mesopotamia. Yeah. Some of y'all people, you ain't been, you know, but this is what you're talking about here. Sending your place of, is very fertile. Even to this day, Israel is known to have the best fruit and vegetables on the planet. It's a place God said, I chose for them. So God, the, oh, thank you, Lord. Hold, 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 uh, hold right there. Woo-hoo. I said, woo-hoo. Y'all crazy. In Psalm 47 and verse 3, no, I'm going to start at verse 1. Oh, clap your hands, all ye peoples. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. Why? Now, I'm going to show you why. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. Now, look at that. Now, let's talk about him. Now, we're going to see what, what he'll do. Verse 3. He will subdue the peoples under us. And the nations under our feet. You see that? Now watch verse 4. He will choose our inheritance for us. That means there's, there's some house that he's chosen for you. Now watch, now watch, now watch. Watch, watch this, watch this. Now along the way, he'll let you choose. You like that one? Okay. You like that one? Okay. Along the way, he'll let you choose. You, you move into that one, you move into that one. Because in the mean, you know, he's growing you, teaching you, developing your character. He's developing your character. He's, 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 he's enlarging you, moving to one house, and they have some. You're like, I didn't even know I like that, but I like that. Okay. He's growing you. But see, the one he's chosen. Oh, y'all to catch this. You start out early. You choose that girlfriend. I'm going to date this one. And I'm going to date that one. 
Y'all, okay, I'm, I'm going to go back. I'm going to talk to her. They're, they're all, I'm going back to your unsaved days. Now, tell the truth. That was unsaved, you know, some of y'all high school, some of y'all middle school, some of y'all started elementary school. You choose, I choose. I like you. Do you like me? Yes or no? And you're doing all this kind of stuff. And I, I chose, and I chose, and I chose, and I chose. But the one... He will choose our inheritance for us. Mine was bad. That was your choice. All right, let's keep going here. Okay. Deuteronomy, go back. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy 8, verse uh, 9, verse 8, rather, verse 8. A land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey. Verse 9, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity. Scarcity means lack. In which you will lack nothing. So you're going to a place where you will lack nothing. 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 You know when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, he brought them out with silver and gold, and there was no feeble one among them. They weren't sick. Don't go by the movies. When you see them come out of, out of them, in the movies, they all coming out. They barely, oh, oh, no, the Bible says there's not a feeble one among them. So you're going to a land, a place of, well, I'm going to heaven. This ain't talking about heaven. He wasn't talking about heaven. God wasn't talking about heaven right there. He's talking about where you, he's taking you right here on this planet. Oh, man. I got so much to tell you today. He said, which you'll like nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. You got it? So say, I will lack nothing. I'm about to go to a place of lacking nothing. Now you got to catch that. You got to grab a hold of that now. See, some of y'all right now, you're having trouble saying it because you, you think about something you're lacking. Don't think about where you are. Think about where you're going. And if you keep following God, you're going you're to get there. Tell you that, but you're going to get there to a place where you're lacking nothing. Now watch, now watch. Now here, here's, here's a critical key. Verse 10. When you have eaten... And are full, 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 full. 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 This don't mean, this ain't talking about you eating and you ate too much. You know you ate too much. This is not talking about that, Barbara. Ain't that right? Eating the way you blow to you like, oh, God, I'm losing my belt here. No, he's not talking about that. He's talking about where you, this place where you are, where you are not talking about physically eating food. He's talking about where you are enjoying or consuming everything there and you're full. You have need of nothing. Now watch what he says should happen when you hit that point. He said then you shall bless the Lord your God for other words, not just thanking God for being God. I thank you for being God. Yes, yes. That's worship. But he said, you're going to reach the point where you're thanking him for what he's done. 
Oh, Jesus. All right, now, now. So this is where you're going here. Now, that, that's why, that's the whole reason why the Lord on Wednesday night gave us this assignment. Y'all remember this assignment I gave you if you were here Wednesday night? I told you, hey, I want you to go, uh, go walk the mall. Don't, don't walk Tyrone. I want you to go walk the International Mall. Go walk uh, UTC or go on a car lot and, and, and walk around or test drive, do whatever you're going to do, or drive a neighborhood that's beyond your reach. I mean, the dream, just, just do that. Why? Because I needed you to search out and see what good land looks like. It wasn't just busy, busy uh, activity. I wasn't being cute. It's to get you to, to enlarge even your thinking because sometimes you don't even, a lot of people don't even know what good looks like. So therefore they're calling evil good and calling good evil. You know what I'm talking about, y'all follow me. So you had to go out there. I ran into uh, Brother Jonathan last night in the store, and uh, and uh, I told him. I said I was explaining to him. I said, you, you understand why I'm having you guys do this? David, anointed to be king, but it wasn't time. He was anointed before the time of his appointment. So what God, Father God, did for David at the point of his anointing was divinely arranged for David to now go work and live, operate in the palace with King Saul. And he got to observe and see, oh, this is what the palace is. And every day in his heart, this is where I'm going. One day this is going to be mine. Remember, he'd been out in the fields. A lowly, poor shepherd boy in the fields, tending sheep. I guarantee you, when he went into the palace, he wasn't dressed in shepherd clothes. You couldn't come in like that. He had to come, there's a different, he had to just put on some clothes, shave everything, go be in the king's palace. Why? So God could have him uh, begin to see uh, how things operate because he's showing him this is where you're going. So that's why I gave you the assignment. To get a hold of where you're going. You got it? Did it challenge you? Yes. True prophetic voices will always challenge you beyond your current condition. True prophetic voices will always challenge you beyond your current condition. Remember I told you that? I told you this also. When you hear respond to a prophetic voice, you will be delivered out of financial bondage right. and into prosperity. I was telling Elder Baker yesterday when he sent me some pictures about where he and his wife are on their little field trip. They're doing a thing. And I said, that, that's part of the process of getting the poverty spirit out of you. Of the poverty, getting the poverty spirit out of you. Many times, people, uh, you have money, but you have a poverty spirit. In other words, you making good money. You, you know what they call good money, Pastor? You talk about that. Good money, but you have a poverty spirit. And a poverty spirit will make you get rid of good money. A poverty spirit will control your whole life. So part of what was happening yesterday was God enlarging you to get rid of poverty spirit. To show me big stuff? Yes. 
to show you beyond where you are? Yes. Okay, let me keep going here. The prophetic voice will speak to whatever's lacking in your life. Then I told you, God's people must hear and receive the prophet to move into the level of prosperity he's talking about. God's people, listen to this, must hear and receive the prophetic, the prophet or the prophetic voice to move into the level of prosperity God's talking about. So when you walk into a store and you're like, God, turn over the shoes, good God Almighty. Pull the belt out, Lord have mercy, that's what for a belt? How many cows die for that? And yeah, there's somebody sitting there and say, yeah, I'll take one. I'll take two of them, yeah. He's like, what, what, did you just see the whole thing? Now, if that was just in, see, what, and what happens is in, in the church is we say, well, that's them old heathens. They, they going to hell anyhow. I'd rather, have, I'd rather have Jesus than have silver and gold. That's us, our rich religious selves. I'd rather have Jesus than have silver and gold. Sing a song about it. I'd rather have Jesus, boom, than silver or gold. Gold, gold. Now, I understand I would rather if I had to choose. I'm trying to show you by the word of God that if he did not spare his own son, but freely gave him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? So I don't have to choose. I can have Jesus and silver and gold. But what's required? I got to make sure I'm always after Jesus. If I'm always after Jesus, then he'll make the silver and gold come after me. Isn't that Deuteronomy 28? All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God as righteous. All these things shall be added to you. So I go after God. Tell your neighbor, don't, don't ever go after gold. Go after God. So, so you got to hear, because there's a level of prosperity. Can I show you an example of it? Look in 1 Kings 4, please, because I want to show you somebody who's not a heathen. Who's not a heathen, not a sinner. One of God's special men. 1 Kings 4, verse 7. Y'all see that? And Solomon. Now, how many of you know who Solomon is? Solomon is David's son. Solomon is the one who David, uh, uh, he was the son of, of his vows. David, uh, Solomon was a special son. David had many sons, several sons. But Solomon was the one that was... Solomon was the one who God said would reign on your throne. He'd sit on your throne, David. Solomon was the one who God said, David, I know you want to build me a house, but you can't build me a house. Your hand's dirty. But your son Solomon, he's going to build me a house. 
So Solomon was God's man. This wasn't a heathen. This was no sinner. This is not some booty-shaking, rump-shaking, video-making heathen. He wasn't on TV cussing to make a dollar. He wrote most of the Proverbs, all of the Ecclesiastes, and all of the Song of Solomon. Some of the, some of the Psalms. This is God's man. Now, 1 Kings 4, verse 7. And Solomon had 12 governors, those that we call them stewards, over all Israel, who provided food for the king and his household. Each one made provision for one month of the year. So these governors going to manage his house for one month each. Then they get 12 months off, no, uh, 11 months off, no, 11 months to go make sure they're ready for the third month. Verse 22. 22. Now, y'all ready for this? Now, remember, I'm talking about you got to get the level of prosperity God's talking about. Can you read? Verse 22. Now, Solomon's provision for one day was 30 cores of fine flour. Cores is several bushels of fine flour. This is for one day. 60 cores of meal. That's, do you fry fish with that? that what you do? Okay, I don't know what they're going to Now watch. Let's keep going. We, we can understand this right here. Verse 23. 10 not oxtails. Y'all complain about the price of oxtail. Oxtail? Damn, how much are they now? How much oxtail? How much? Eight nine nine a pound. I can't nobody afford no oxtails no more. I make oxtails. You know, you better do it. Can't get no oxtail. I'm gonna get us some chicken gizzards and livers. livers. We can't. We can't. We can't afford no oxtails. And the Bible said he had ten. Fat ones every day. Don't tell me you can't buy oxtails. I'm looking at some faces, man. They're like, I ain't telling you where you are. I'm telling you where you're going. I don't need 10 oxen. You ain't got to use, I'm not telling you you're going to eat 10 oxen a day. I'm just telling you the level of prosperity God is talking about. 20 oxen from the pastures. This must not have been the fatted one. This was 20 20 grass fed. No GMO. Right? All other stuff people don't want to know. What are all these? Gluten free and all that kind of stuff, people. Free range. Twenty of those. This we're talk, talking about every day, right? And one hundred sheep, lamb chops, Deacon Gershom, some mint jelly. Rack of lamb. How many of them? How many? Well, he must be feeding a lot of people. Yes. He feeding a whole lot of people. Don't you want to be able to feed a whole lot of people? This is where you're going. 
I sure wish I could feed the orphanage in Africa. That's where you're going. Besides, this for you, Deacon Robert, deer. Gazelles. This is a brother Chris from Alabama. This is Robux. Some big old deer here. And then for all y'all chicken eaters, fatted fowl. This is some fat chicken. This is like church's chicken wings. Church's chicken wings. With a big old hunk of meat on the side and big old church's chicken wings. We cut out half the breasts on that. Look at this. Fatted fowl. Come on now. Can you see this? Can you see this here? I'm talking about lacking nothing. This is one day, every day, seven days a week, 12 months a year. I mean, I know when I sit there reading, I'm like, I didn't know that many cattle existed. Don't, don't you ever wonder when y'all buying chicken wings, you're going, going somewhere, you're like, is it that many chickens on this planet we get? I, we order 50 a piece for our family. My one household will knock out 50. I'm like, is that many chickens running around on this planet? You ever thought about that for real? You getting wings, you getting wings, you get everybody going getting wings. There's a lot of chickens, ain't it? God has supply that we don't know about. He said, take no thought about how you're going to eat, how you're going to drink. Okay, let me keep going here. Jesus is after 1 o'clock. 26, verse 26. Solomon had a garage, a garage like you can't even imagine. Had 40,000 stalls, that's a garage, of horses for his chariots and 12,000 horsemen. That would mean if you got horsemen, that means you got 12,000 chariots. But it took 40,000 horses for those 12,000 chariots. That would be like having 12,000 cars. That's my Sunday car. That's my Monday car. That's my Tuesday car. That's my Wednesday car. That's my Thursday car. That's my going out on a date night car. That's my summer car. Why are you saying that? I don't care if you only have one car. I don't care if you don't have any cars. You can Uber it your whole life. If that's what you choose to do, that's fine. I'm not telling you. I'm just trying to get you to understand that you serve a God who you better not ever put a limit on him again in your life. I just want you to know how big God is. You don't have to have any cars. It don't make me a difference. But God can do it. Verse 27. And these governors, each man 
in his month provided food for King Solomon. We know a lot of food, right? And for all who came to King Solomon's table, don't you want your table open to people? I see all that. That was weak. Don't you want your table open to people? Well, I can't invite people because I don't have enough for me. There was no lack in their supply. No lack in their supply. Now, how many of y'all, when you just read that, that kind of like, whew. My wife and I have been over to the Marshall Islands, and we were doing mission work. It was a week of mission, uh, ministry mission work over there, uh, preached a conference, and it was just astounding to us. And I've gone to several places around the country. I've been to uh, Tacoma. I've been to Tacoma, Washington. I've been to Salem, Oregon. I've been to Arkansas and these various places preaching for these Marshallese conferences. And what is so astounding about, um, some of y'all have met Apostle Horner. You've seen him. Deke, when they host a conference, they feed, it don't matter if it's hundreds of people, a thousand people, they feed everybody breakfast, lunch, and dinner. When we went to, to Africa, remember that? Our, our church paid for all the food for that whole conference for that, for that week. Thousands of dollars is what it is. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm just trying to get y'all to see this. Because when you're trying to help people, they don't, they don't have anything. So you, and it was just astounding to see, especially Apostle Honey, they're, they're them providing everything. For I mean, when I when we went to the Marshall, to the one in the Marshall Islands, a thousand people maybe there and all because they, they feed people came off the streets and eat. Is everybody's coming eat? Come and eat. Come and eat. Now when you're trying to figure out how you how you gonna afford, you know, your number one value meal for you and your three children. This is no lack in their supply. Which means you have to begin to think and see bigger than yourself. Because if you would see yourself as feeding nations, having a set table for other people, God will make sure you never have a lack in your supply, whatever. I remember, oh my God, I was thinking about this a couple days ago. Remember that day I was in the grocery store? It was the old Sweet Bay here. It used to be before it was Walmart, it was Sweet Bay. And there's a girl in line, and she's got her, her uh, baby supplies and milk and all that kind of stuff, and she's going to put it back because she don't have enough to pay for all this stuff. And I'm sitting there, and we, we don't have hardly anything. I'm talking my wife and I, we don't hardly have anything. And the Lord said right here, pay for it. Now, in my mind, I'm saying, pay for it. I'm, I'm praying in tongues to pray for mine. <laughs> pay for it. Now, I hadn't heard this from anybody yet. You know what I'm saying? I hadn't. He said, pay for it. I said, I said ma'am, um, put all that back. You know, I, I need to pay for that. What? No, yeah, pay for, I need to pay for that. So I paid for it. I said, praise the Lord. Okay, I did it. And I remember walking out of the, as I'm walking out of the store, the Holy Spirit said, you'll never in your life have to worry about groceries again. I said, oh, praise you, Lord. That's why I don't make any apologies now about having folk deliver groceries to my house. Oh, <laughs> 
<laughs> Y'all pick it up and bring it. They ain't even going to the grocery store no more. My wife, she had put in an order the other day. Uh, I think Walmart. They're going to bring some groceries and everything. And I'd gone outside to go. I was getting to clean something, do something. And I said, oh, man, my water hose broke. Well, I can go to walk. You know what? Add that to that order. They're going to get that thing. I ain't, I ain't even going to the store no more. All right, anyway. Why? There's no lack in our supply. Why? Because we made sure that we didn't just cover our table. Tell your neighbor, you're going to need a bigger table. You're going to need a bigger table. That little four seater ain't going to cut it no more. Okay, if you have time, let me give you a little more. I'm, I'm going to stop about halfway through this, okay? All right, no lack in their supply. God is very far from lack. God is very far from lack. Write that down. God is very far from lack. Make, make all caps on very and far. God is very far from lack. In fact, you don't have to write this down, but I want you to know he's diametrically opposed to it. You can write utterly, totally. He's opposed to it. God is opposed to lack. He doesn't like it. God hates lack. He told Moses, I've seen the oppression of my people. That word oppression literally means their affliction, their poverty, and their misery. God hates it. Because lack doesn't represent him. Lack is... In, in his kingdom, there's no lack. In, his, in, his, in, his, in heaven, there's no lack. In his creation of the earth, there's no lack. God is not a shortage God. Whenever we hear about shortages, that's man-created uh, ideas of shortage. Why, why are diamonds so pricey? Because uh, companies have created the illusion of diamonds being uh, short in supply. They're not short in supply. If you were to go to Africa now, people go out and dig a hole to use the bathroom, they'll dig up diamonds in their backyard. They're all over the place. There's an illusion that's been created of shortage. We run out of water, not run out of water. It's impossible. Water is, is a, is a it, you can't, it, it either becomes steam, become ice, or liquid. You can't get rid of it. We're not running out of water. You understand that? God is not a lack God, not a shortage God. He has plenty of supply for you and me and anybody else on this planet at one time. If everybody that ever walked this planet from Adam to now were still here. Y'all didn't catch what I said. If everybody who ever walked this planet from Adam to now were still here, God could still take care of every one of us. He's not a lack God. Now, I'm going to say something here and then we'll, we'll quit. I want to show you something. One last place. Now, why is God opposed to lack for his people? It's because he never wants his people, listen to this, to be ashamed. He never wants, how many parents do I have in here? How many parents know in your heart you never want your children to go anywhere and be shamed? 
used to be my mama growing up. My mom passed away in 1985. I was 13, but I had already learned enough from her in those 13 years that I always put on good underwear. You know why, right? Come on, you know why. Why? Why? Why do you always put on good underwear? In case you have an accident and they have to take your clothes off. Y'all had the same mom I had. In case you have an accident, something happens at school, on the school bus, whatever, they have to take your clothes off. They don't want, we don't want them to find bad underwear. So always put on good, clean underwear. Wasn't about hygienic reasons, that probably was something to do with it, but always, what I was told was, I want you to be ashamed, they gotta take your clothes off. Right? Now where'd she get that from? God. God our Father never wants us to be ashamed. And he knows the shame that poverty brings. He knows the shame that lack brings. He knows the weakness that poverty brings. The Bible says the rich man, the rich answer roughly, but the poor are using treaties or the poor have to beg. That's shameful. And God never wants you or me, his children, to be Ashamed. That's right. I was ashamed when my car was repossessed. That's why I was telling folk it was in the in the shop. None of y'all have been through that. I, I was ashamed when my next car was repossessed. Some people was in the shop. I was ashamed when the car for that was repossessed. Just act like it, it was just I just lost it. I was ashamed when the car after that was repossessed. Come on, sir. Oh, Pastor, you, yes. 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 Preach, sir. Preach. Yes. Preach. Several. Shame on my house foreclosed. Come on, sir. Come on. I just got tired of it. I just didn't like the neighborhood. Shame. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, if you don't, you never experienced that kind of stuff, then you don't know what I'm talking about. But if you've ever suffered loss because of finances, then you know what I'm talking about. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Never wants his children to be shamed. He hates it. His child. You're his child. 
So I got to do something about that, Lord. Watch this. Go to Joel chapter 2, verse 23. Oh, I, I got to hurry up and quit here because I'm, before I lose it. Come on, sir. See, God's been good to me. <laughs> oh, man, God's been good to me. Mm. God's been good to me. Glory to God. See, people look and want to judge me and critique me now, but boy, you weren't there when I was going through all that shame. Thank you, Lord. Joel 2, 23. Be glad then, you children of Zion. And rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain faithfully. And he will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. Now, the church preaches this. They hear that. And they talk all spiritual about anointing. But the spiritual things don't happen until verse 28. We're not at verse 28 yet. Because he said in verse 28, it'll come to pass after it, I'll put my spirit on all flesh. Here he's dealing with your financial condition. He says, verse 24, this ain't spiritual. The threshing floors where you thresh your wheat shall be full of wheat. Everybody say fullness. And the vats, the tanks, shall overflow with new wine and oil. Overflow, that means you don't have no lack in that tank. It's plenty. Everybody say plenty. Now watch this. This is what I like. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because I know about all my shame. I know about all my shame. And what caused me shame. So watch what God said. Verse 25, so I will restore to you. Now, if you ever have foreclosures, repossessions, stuff taken from you, this is, this is a shouting scripture right here. For I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. And what the swarming locust didn't, didn't get crawling locusts got. But the crawling locusts didn't get the consuming locusts got. And when they left behind, the chewing locusts finish it off. My great army which I sent among you. If you understand Hebrew language, it literally means which I allowed to happen to you. Verse 26. I like restoration. <laughs> you shall eat See, once you've been restored. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. Yeah. Now, remember we read in Deuteronomy 8 and verse 11 
or verse 10 about when you eat in full, then you're going to bless the Lord. I want you to see here just again, and I'll finish this off on Wednesday. The response, what happens, what changes in your life when you move out of lack into abundance. He said, when you eat and be satisfied, then it says you're going to praise. You think you've been praising now. I'll prove it to you when it's like your praise goes to a different dimension when you're out of lack and in abundance. See, thank you, Lord. Most, most, many people, I can't speak for most, many in the church um, have this stupid fear that, well, if, if all of a sudden I get rich or if all of a sudden I have plenty, you know, I, I, I won't serve God or I won't praise God like I used to. So, I, you know, I just like just have just enough but I know to praise God. That's a lie. He said, because when you eat and plenty be satisfied, you're going to praise God. He knows. Can I just throw this up ahead of time? When you praise God and lack, your praise gets disrupted by your debt. Your praise gets broken up by your bills. You praising hallelujah, hallelujah, and that debt saying, yeah, mm-hmm. you know tomorrow I'm due, right? You hallelujah. How are you trying to dig in deeper, dig in deeper, and, and praise God if you can do it. But when your debts are all eliminated and your bills are all paid on time or early, and you got plenty in the cupboard, in the refrigerator, in the garage, everywhere, ain't nothing to hinder your praise. Just praise God. Praise God. Praise Him in the morning. Y'all missed it. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you and my people and my people shall never this is his point that you'll never ever be put to shame of having to put your groceries back because you ain't got enough. That is embarrassing. That's shameful. When you, I, tell, ask me how I know. When you had to register, well, let's put that back. People behind you, or you register and your card don't go through. I'm gonna just talk over y'all and say nothing. Your, your card don't go through. Now, I know some of y'all, you were born rich, you never, you don't know what I'm talking about. But the rest of us. Have had to come through the fire. And through the flood. And my people shall never, I'm going to put this, throw this in, this is just me throwing this in here, again. Be put to shame. Now that's powerful for God to say that, isn't it? He ain't done. Look at verse 27. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel 
I am the Lord your God, and there is no other, and just for good measure, I'm going to put this back in here again, my people, that's my point, my people shall never be put to shame, I'm going to say it again, verily, verily, I say unto you, my people shall never be put to shame. Somebody shout, no more shame. No more shame in my life. No more lack in my life. God is God. I'm his child. He's my provider. He's my supplier. I will never, never, ever be put to shame ever again in my life. Now give God a big shout right now. going through that, that mess no more. And you know what I love now? Is the fact I can help other folk avoid shame. Now if I see somebody in need, I just, you know, hey, I got it. Listen, you know when the Bible says, don't let your right, your left, right hand know what your left hand doing. When you do alms, give them in secret. Is so that you don't shame other people. God hates shame that much. He hates for anybody to be shamed. So when you bless somebody, don't go tell somebody, hey, I gave so-and-so something. Shut up. Child, they couldn't even pay their rent. I had to come. Shut your mouth. You know what? You want to talk about it? Okay, then you got your reward right there. That's your reward. That's your reward right there. But if you keep your mouth shut, God, who sees you giving in secret, will reward you openly. You gotta trumpet everything you do. Just do it. Just do it. God will reward you. I will never lose another car. I will never lose another home. I will never not have enough at the grocery store. First of all, I ain't going in there. She's going to put a little number in on the computer, on her phone. Boom, boom. You know, you know if it's good or not. Never. You're gonna not, you're gonna not ever know the shame of not being able to afford anything. Can I can I give one more scripture? I think it's Psalm 144. Uh, pick up verse 11 for me, please. Psalm 144 is around that end of that psalm. Yeah, okay. Rescue me and deliver me from the hand of foreigners whose mouth speak lying, speaks lying words and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. Verse 12, please. That your son, this is, now go down 
I think it's, give me verse, let's say, is there a verse 15 in this, in here? Okay, yeah, thank you. Verse 15 says, happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Now everybody say happy. So God wants you to be happy, right? So he says, you're going to be happy when you have this kind of life he just talked about. Now let's go back to verse 12. I want you to see this is his point. Verse 12, that our sons may be as plants growing up in their youth, that our daughters may be as pillars sculptured in palace style. Verse 13, that our barns may be filled, supplying all kinds of produce, that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousand in our fields. Verse 14, that our oxen may be well laden, that there be no breaking in or going out. Your house is secure, that there be no outcry in our streets. Verse 15, happy are the people who are in such a state, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Now go back to verse uh, 12, please. Verse 12. That our, no, verse 13, I'm sorry. Verse 13. That our barns will be full, supplying all kinds of produce. Now, before I read this, I told you, you're going to never have the shame again of, not, of walking into a store and not being able to afford it. I don't care if it's Gucci. I don't care if it's Prada. I don't care if it's Neiman Marcus. I don't care if it's Dimmit. I don't care if it's... Now do this. Switch verse 13 to the Amplified. Now this, hey, here, before you put it up, I want to tell you, this is not what it means, but I'm telling you what I'm telling for you. I want you to catch a revelation out of it. We, we reading what it means already. I want you to catch a revelation from the Amplified. All right, now put Amplified up, verse 13. When our garners are full, affording all manner of store. That means when your bank account is full, you can afford any store you go in. You ain't got to walk in scared, walk in shame, walk in intimidated. You can walk in. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I'll, I'll take that. This is, and it said, when you can do that, he said you're happy. When you can do that, you're going to be a happy people and you're going to have the God as your Lord. He said, all manner of store. That means you ain't got to stay in one particular level. You ain't got to stay at one particular place. You ain't got to stay in one particular area. You, got, you can't be scared of dark no doors. All manner of store. You can, you can go on whatever floor you want to Oh, man. Throw me that towel. Thank you, Dave. Stand to your feet. Now, I'm not telling you you have to go in the store. I'm telling you that poverty won't be able to keep you out. That if you don't go in just because you don't want to go in there. Not because you can't. That whatever God puts in your heart to do, you can't say, well, God, I don't know how I'm going to be able to afford that. No, you're going to say, okay, I can afford whatever God tells me to do. Now, I had a whole lot more for you. I got about 48% of the way through today. 
If you come back Wednesday, I'm going to get into some, some good stuff. We're going to get some good stuff. This is all right. We're going to get some good stuff on Wednesday night. Don't, okay, when God sent Moses to the children of Israel, he didn't send him, send Moses to the promised land to preach to them. They weren't there. He didn't send Moses to the wilderness to preach to them. They weren't there. He sent them to Egypt to preach to them because that's where they were. But he didn't preach to them about Egypt. He preached to them about the promised land. So when I'm preaching to you, don't worry about where you are. I'm preaching to you about where you're going. How are we going to get there? How are we going to get out of this slavery? That ain't up to you. My God is big enough to get you out, bring you through, and take you in. To get you out, bring you through, take you in. That's the God I know about. I know about that God. See, I have experienced that extravagant grace. I have too many stories of shame I can share with you. I got one. I'm I'm, I'm going to share this with you at the risk of all y'all leaving our church. My wife, I'm glad she's not in here because she'd probably just be embarrassed. This is before she came along, so this is this before her. This is just an indictment on me on how, how bad it was for me. I remember the shame of, no, nah, might, this might gross y'all out. This <laughs> Dean girls, remember back in the day we were at Pentecostal Temple? And uh, we were trying to dress all nice. We couldn't afford to go in the, the good stores. We couldn't afford necessarily to go to the new stores. So we go to what we used to call Kidney Foundation. It's a thrift store, and we buy stews out of the Kidney Foundation and put them in the dry cleaners. Pat Lawson taught us that. He helped us with that, man. And we put them in the dry cleaners, and we go wear suits. People thought, oh, man, they're looking nice. I wasn't ashamed of that because everybody was doing it. See, I remember a time I was buying underwear. At the same store. I never told y'all that. See, so I don't want to hear nothing about you don't understand. You don't understand. I guarantee y'all ain't never done that. I would never. When you poor and you are drowning in lack, don't tell me what you wouldn't do if you don't know God can do this. See, at that, I was in church. But I wasn't being taught what God could do. I was only being taught what to do for God. So here I am doing for God, doing for God, doing for God, and buying 
other folk underwear. See, I can say that now, Chris. I was reading this morning, 1 Samuel 2, Hannah's prophetic testimony. She said, he raised the poor out of the dung heap, the needy out of the ashes, and sets them among princes. That's what God does for us. So I'm, I'm not preaching to where you are. I'm preaching to where you're going. Yes, sir. I know where you are. I guarantee you, if I, if I kept giving you more stories, you'll say, ooh, that pastor's bad off. Yes, I was worse than where you are. But God. Now don't y'all judge me, please. I, I became very vulnerable to you. And to the whole world, I guess. <laughs> Y'all might have to uh, edit. <laughs> Just make, I guess somebody needs to hear that. This is exactly right. This is exactly right, baby. People in other, other countries, people in other places, they'd be waiting on somebody else's underwear. Yeah, so hang with me. Hang with me. Because if you stay with me, where you're going is a good land. Eat bread without scarcity, where you will lack nothing. Thank you, Lord. I want you to, to grab somebody's hand next to you. I want you to just take a hold of that hand. You can make a circle if you want to. That's fine. Just, yeah, yeah. Just. When you're marching through difficult situations, you can't afford to be uh, lone rangers. You've got to have people with you of like precious faith who can relate to where you've been, maybe where you are and can also uh, visualize by the Holy Ghost where you're going. So I believe everybody today in this place you've heard the message, heard the word and you've been stirred in your spirit. It's my prayer. I want you to know that you have brothers and sisters next to you, to your left, to your right, before you, behind you, who they can relate. So don't look at somebody in front of you, around you, and say, ooh, look how they dress, and look what they, I wish I, don't, don't, don't wish nothing, don't wish nothing. Because if you heard their stories,
That's why I can say like Paul, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I know for myself it's the power of God. Salvation. To everyone, everyone who believes. First to the Jew, but I'm so thankful. So also to the Gentile. I want you to just take a moment, just pray for that other warrior next to you. The person next to you is also fighting the good fight of faith. The other person next to you, they're also laying hold of eternal life. Pray for their understanding. Pray for their eyes to be open. Pray for their ears to be open. Pray for the eyes of their understanding to be enlightened. Pray for them to be able to see great and mighty things. Father God shows them. Pray that they don't let the shame of their past lack and past failures and past shortcomings financially spiritually emotionally physically that none of the shame of that past holds them in the wilderness and keeps them from going into the promised land pray for them saints pray for them saints that they walk fully into what God has planned for them, that they walk fully into God's divine destiny for them, that they walk fully into the abundance of God. Pray for them that they would experience and enjoy the generous grace, the extravagant grace of God. Pray for them that they receive all God has that they be set at liberty from every bondage of lack and poverty, even debt. Pray for them now. You can feel their pain, you've been through it. You know their shame, you've been through it. You might be in it right now, you know it. <laughs> But never again, never again, never again, never again, never again. You've had enough.
Father God, you hate shame, especially for your people. Thank you for the promise of your word that God, you'll make sure that we'll not be ashamed ever again. In fact, you promise in your word that for our shame, we're going to have double honor. <laughs> Thank you for double honor. For all of our shame, double honor. Father, you see all these are precious people, those who are here, even those who are watching now. Father, I pray that first you go in and heal every broken heart, that you go in and uh, mend wherever there's been brokenness because of shame and the things we've dealt with and gone through and experienced in our lives. And then, Father, I thank you that, God, as we trust you and fear you and serve you and follow after you and seek your face, that you'll make sure we never again lack any good thing. Thank you, Lord, for where you brought us from. Thank you for where we are now. We thank you in advance for where you're leading us, that land you're taking us into. Thank you, Father, that, God, you're, you, you will bless us so wondrously that God our tables get bigger that God would not just be enough for us but God we can invite people and bring other people in and take care of people Lord because and we'll be glad to do it because we don't want anybody else dealing with shame the hurt of shame Father, we thank you that you supply every need, give the desires of our hearts. Thank you that we move from lack to abundance, from poverty to riches, sickness to health, confusion to peace. From being spiritually destitute to living in the anointing. Thank you for abundance in every area of our lives. Now, God, let this word be seared on our hearts. An indelible impression, a mark that cannot be erased in our hearts. Now we know what you want for us. We agree to receive it and walk therein. This is our prayer. And we promise, according to your word, the more you bless us, the more we're going to praise you. The more you increase us, the more we're going to exalt you. 
the more you bring us up, the more we're going to worship you, Lord. We're not going to turn away. We're not going to back down on you because we know that if it had not been for you on our side, we wouldn't be anything now. So we'll bless you all the days of our lives. We'll continue to give you praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. 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 Put those hands together and give God a praise.